السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم في الاولين وصل اللهم وسلم وبارك على حبيبنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم في الاخرين اللهم صل وسلم على حبيبنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم كلما ذكره الذاكرون الابرار وكلما غفر ذكر الغافلون all praises to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has gathered us alhamdulillah in this blessed place in this blessed masjid who has made us believers in a time of heedlessness in a time when people forget who they are as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they forgot who they were so allah forgot them as well alhamdulillah for the blessing of purpose alhamdulillah for the blessing of this faith alhamdulillah for the blessing of having guidance in a time when people are in a state of chaos the prophet mentioned in a narration which has some slight weakness in it regarding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends to this nation people, men and women, who will revive its faith, who will revive it. And among the revivers, we sometimes ask ourselves, who can they be? Or who were they? And of course, names like Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala who come up in Umar ibn Khattab and Uthman and Ali and Hassan, the five Khulafa al-Rashidin. And then you see people like the names of Harun al-Rashid, Salah al-Din al-Ayyubi, and many great scholars as well as those who stood in this faith as from men and women. But then when you start to look at the last 100 years, you know, we start to think of who could be some of the people that we look up to in our community in the postmodern period, in the era of when the Muslim domain no longer exists, but rather Muslims exist now wherever this earth is. Alhamdulillah, from the northern part of this world to the southern part of the world, Muslims, alhamdulillah, have inhabited, as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi said, that this faith will spread east and west. But there is someone that may not come to the minds of many people living in Britain. Namely because he is a Muslim that made an impact worldwide, but more particularly in the American context. Though he had a significant role to play here in this country. And that man is none other than the one who passed away 55 years ago, February 21st from this month, or the month that is about to pass, by the name of Malcolm X, rahimahullah ta'ala, al-Malik Shabazz, the great scholar and activist who brought a concern of the world to this day people read about and just hearing his story, they accept Islam. <coughs> this great scholar visited the uh, Great Britain multiple times. And among his first visits were July 10th, 1964. And his last visit was merely a few days, 10 days before his passing. Meaning the, one of his last speeches, one of the last things that he would say would be here in this country. This man embodied a message of Islam that we are not a faith that does not have a role to play in society. We are not a faith that simply seclude ourselves to our religious spaces. We are not a faith that hide from the internal problems that we have. But rather, we are a faith that solves both internal and external problems. This great scholar, he would write an autobiography 
that many people, just because of reading it, they've accepted Islam. Just because of reading the autobiography of this great man. And I just want to share a few words about this person that honestly we can learn much from. The Prophet was guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, in the Quran saying to us that there is no difference in how our Lord looks at humanity except in their righteousness and their taqwa, their God consciousness towards Him. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ وَأُنْثَى وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا وَقَبَائِلًا لِتَعَارَفُوا إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ يَتْخَافُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ خَبِيرٌ That, O oh, mankind, we have created you indeed from male and female and made you people and tribes that you may know one another. Indeed, the most noble of you in the sight of God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is, is the most righteous of you. Indeed, He is the most all-knowing and well acquainted of what you do. This concept is the one concept that has brought humanity equality. We have seen, especially in our times, in our days, what humanity has led to, even that the claim that we are the pinnacle of civilization has led to the degradation of morality where people prefer themselves based on their color or their tribe or their ethnicity or nationality to people of their own countries, to people of their own belongings and their own citizenships. And Islam's claim of absolute equality is based on one single fact that this man lived and he died for. And that is our connection to our Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is what makes us equal in His sight. All are equal in the sight of Allah, regardless of where the richest of the rich or those who are so poor, the only thing they have is money. Rather than being enriched by the contentment of knowing their Lord and what He has given them in their hearts. One of the realities we face today is that the systemic problems that exist in our communities are racism. We have to be honest with ourselves. Things that Malcolm X rahimahullah fought against, we think does not exist in our communities. We think that just because I know a black Muslim, it does not make me racist. We think that I'm not a racist, but when a person from a different ethnicity comes to propose to one of our women among our families, we show our true colors. We have to admit to us, to ourselves, brothers and sisters, that these issues are systemic in our communities before we go out and tell the world that we are going to solve their problems. Malcolm X, rahimahullah, he would say an amazing statement I want you all to listen to very, very carefully. He would say that I have realized that America needs to understand Islam because this is the one religion that erases from its society the race problem. Throughout my travels in the Muslim world, I have met, talked to, and even eat, ate with the people who in America would have considered white. But the white attitude was removed from their minds by the religion of Islam. I have never before seen sincere and true brotherhood practiced by all colors together irrespective of their color. And here by whiteness, he's referring to the systematic internal racism that existed in that time. Whereas a person can be brown but just still have the same mentality of preference and privilege over others. My brothers and sisters, Malcolm X rahimahullah embodied a faith where he could see 
That, say, that said, we were truly all the same because their belief in one God had removed from them this mind of preference and their behavior and their attitude. Whether if that exists now, we have to question ourselves with something. The Prophet has said, a hadith which led to the Islam of Malcolm X, rahimahullah. a hadith which leads to the Islam of many people, a hadith which brings many people, many Britain citizens, your brothers and sisters in citizenship in this country to Islam, which is, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه that none of you truly believe reaches the pinnacle of faith until they love for their brother what they love for themselves. But when we find that they enter our communities and they see the racism that exists, the only thing, alhamdulillah, that brings them that solace and concern is what one of my friends said, and I want you to pay attention to this. He said, thank God I did not meet Muslims before I accepted Islam. And this is very powerful. That means we are lacking in our practice of our faith, the way it's supposed to be practiced to our ideals. And that is that every single looks deep within themselves and ask themselves, do we laugh at those racist jokes that are made? Do we have preferences in our heart over another? Do we still not invite each other to our homes on Eid because they don't belong to our ethnicity? Do we not open our doors regularly to those who we claim to be our brothers, but you only see them in the masjid? Do we have a problem donating to a cause that is not your cause because it's not your nationality? Do you have a problem when someone makes dua for another country that's not yours and say, why don't you mention mine? These types of preferences that have pervasively influenced our actions is something that Malcolm X lived and died for. And in, truly, he was a mujaddid. He was a person that to this day we reflect on and notice the problem or solution that he was working towards that problem. Alhamdulillah, is something that we can take lessons for in our time. That we look at each other today and we realize that the borders that were set were not borders set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The borders that were set between that made you different from something called Pakistan and India were not by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Bangladesh or Afghanistan or North Africa or all of these countries where colonization made us more racist than, than we thought we were. But rather, you know what the reality is, my brothers and sisters? We chose to be colonized in our own minds. We chose to be colonized in our own minds. When they split us up, we decided to agree. And this is our biggest fault and problem. Islam is not a faith, my brothers and sisters, that chooses to sit and make you feel good and high on the Quran. Islam is a faith that makes you rectify yourself and your values when you look at yourself in the mirror and you look at your family and your treatment with them and your treatment of your fellow brother and sister as well as your fellow man and you rectify your actions for the sake of the one God we hold ourselves accountable to. This is what Malcolm X rahimahullah taught. And he lived and he died for that purpose. In fact, in his autobiography, and I will end with this inshallah ta'ala before we start our khutbah. In his autobiography, the first page that you read, he says in the first page, when I am dead, and I say that way because from the things I know, 
I do not expect to live long enough to read this book in its finished form. I want you to just watch and to see if I'm not right in what I say. That the white man in his press is going to identify me with hate. And if I can die having brought any light, having exposed any meaningful truth that will help to rid this racist cancer that is malignant in the body of America and the world in general and in ourselves, in our communities, then all of the credit is due to Allah. Only the mistakes have been mine. And he lived to that truth. He met his Lord and brought light to the world where some of the greatest of the Muslims in the Western world, they accepted Islam by reading this man's life before even reading the Quran. Do you know why? Because people look toward the application of your faith first before they ask you about your faith. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of them that live to that. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ما يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له جل عن الشبيه والمثيل والكفء والنظير وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه خليله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وأوسيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا, ولهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, who could be more wicked than those who prohibit the mention of Allah's name in his places of worship in the Masajid of Allah and strive to have them des destroyed. Such people sh would not enter them except with fear. There is disgrace for them in this world and the painful punishment in the hereafter. It is to none of our surprise that we hear of much of what is happening to our Muslim brothers and sisters in India and in Kashmir over the fact that they simply say Rabbun Allah. They simply say our Lord is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In these moments and times where we see great difficulty just occurring over our Muslim brothers in, in Syria or our Muslim brothers and sisters in Burma or our Muslim brothers and sisters in Central Africa or Somalia or Yemen there might be a tendency for us to have a sense of hopelessness. There might be a tendency for us to say, what can we do? There might be a tendency for us to rest on our laurels. But the reality is, my Muslim brothers and sisters, that this faith of Islam, there is no time for feeling hopeless. There is no vocabulary for the word hopeless in Islam. A person who takes this faith as their true belief, their heart does not compartmentalize for causes. Meaning what? My only focus is how much have I had sadness for Burma for me to feel sad about Syria. Or to say how much sadness have I felt for Palestine for me to feel sad about India. Or how much sadness have I had for Yemen for me to feel sad for another cause. We do not tire 
we do not feel a sense of lack of spirit, we do not have a sense of hopelessness, we do not feel ever that we ever have inaction. We are not subject to emotional paralysis in our faith. There may be a tendency for us to feel that level of sadness. There may be a tendency for us to feel a moment of regret of not being able to do as much as we can. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us something very powerful that this is something that occurs throughout history. This is something that occurs so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may test, may assay the truth and reality of our belief. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do people think that just because they say we believe that they will not be tested? We indeed have tested those who came before them so that we may know those who are truthful and those who are liars. And you might think that this is for the ones going through the test. The actual test is for us. The ones going through the test already passed. Allah has already forgiven them. Because Allah does not inflict except to forgive. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not test except to forgive. The test is for us. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat nas. Kuntum. You were the nation that were the best of nations from mankind. Why? You enjoin the good and you forbid evil. And you believe in Allah. Umar said, many people think that this was referring to you. And he's talking about people in his time. He says, this is not referring to you. He says, this is referring to Ashab Rasulullah Kuntum, you were. Kuntum is fi'l madhi, is past tense. He didn't say, antum. Or you say, yakununa, they, present tense. No, they were. They were the best nation. And the condition of remaining among the best is one. If you uphold to its condition. If you enjoin good and you forbid evil and you believe in Allah, then you're part of it. And if not, then you're not. Umar said that as a warning to all of us. What is the role that we have to play? Number one, the most important thing is that you do not think that the only thing you have is dua. That's the most important thing. The most important thing. The Prophet says, were you not given victory and were you not enriched and given rizq except by the dua of the weak of you. And there's no more weak in the ummah except us. But number two, for us to be active in our spaces, in calling to account our own government in the role that they play in this. This is, this is a, a must. How many of us have called our MPs? How many of us have gotten involved in that case? And when you have that moment of saying, who has time to do that? You are part of the problem, my brothers and sisters. You are part of the problem. We have to understand that our role to play goes from as minimal as economic influence to governmental influence. That is at the very least, we can come to on the Day of Judgment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Ya Allah, this is the best that we could have done. As they said, as an excuse to our Lord. And not only that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those who were driven unjustly from their homes. Before, people in the past, the Prophet driven out of Mecca from his, from his home. 
Why? For the only saying our Lord is Allah. This is the only reason they're being attacked in their homes. Because they're a Muslim. There is no doubt. There is no kind of, you know, you could say a form of ignorance. The only reason why they're being attacked is because of Islam. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not repel some people by means of others, many monasteries and churches and synagogues and masjids where Allah's name is mentioned and invoked would have been destroyed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sure to give victory only to those who give victory to themselves. If you think that you're giving victory to your Muslim brothers and sisters in Kashmir who have literally lived now for months under complete blackout, not knowing what's going on, and our Muslim brothers and sisters in India being attacked in their homes, by you not helping them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the condition, Allah will only help you when you're in help of others. Allah will give victory to you in your struggles if you're in perpetual help to others. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said, مَا كَانَ اللَّهُ فِي عَوْنِ عَبْدِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهُ يَكُونُ فِي عَوْنِ عَبْدِهِ مَا كَانَ فِي عَوْنِ أَخِي That indeed, a servant of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala is helped and assisted by Allah as long as they are helping and assisting their Muslim brothers and sisters. We have to speak about this. There's no point in silence in the reality of our community and the role that we have to play of raising awareness every single time that there is an injustice, the Muslim stands. Because you and I are the example of Abu Bakr to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu When the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said in his last speech on this, on this planet, four days before he passed away, he looked at his Sahaba when he, they were watching him. And he praised Abu Bakr radiallahu said, I have paid every single Muslim back for what they have given. How did he pay us all back? He's already paid us back, How? His shafa'ah, his intercession and his witness for us on the day of judgment. He said, I've already paid everyone back. The Prophet doesn't owe you and me anything, you and I anything. He said, except one man. I could never pay him back for what he has sacrificed in his, in his body and in his wealth and in his family, not just his words. And Abu Bakr cries in the back of the masjid, not because the Prophet is praising him, but he knew that these were the last words of his, of his beloved. And what does he say? And aren't my wealth and my body and my presence and my being only for you, O Messenger of Allah, do you represent that? Are you waqf for Islam? Are you a trust, a physical body walking in this earth as a representative trust for Islam? Where you walk only for Allah, saying, where am I in service? Do you represent what Abu Bakr said? And this is not limited to our du'as, my brothers and sisters. Everyone look deep in their hearts of what they can provide. And at the very least, you are not beyond a phone call. We have in this country and in the Western world as Muslims need to raise our voices. 
We need to raise our voices at every moment of Islamophobia, at every moment of bigotry, at every moment of dual standards in every part of this world. That is what our faith teaches us. That is what our faith teaches us. So that we may be not among those who are counted as oppressors. Because silence in the face of oppression is oppression against those who are oppressed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all of that, Ya Rabbi Alameen. Allahumma a'izzil Islam wal Muslimin. Allahumma a'izzil Islam wal Muslimin. Allahumma rizqni ikhlas al qawli wal amal. Wa sidqa finni, Ya Rabbi Alameen. Allahumma sur ikhwan al musadafina fi al-hinda, Ya Rabbi Alameen. Allahumma sur ikhwan al musadafina fi Kashmir. وفي بورما وفي سوريا وفي أفغانستان ورزقهم الأمن والأمان وفي اليمن يا رب العالمين وأفريقيا الوسطى وفي شيشان وفي سوريا وفي فلسطين وفي كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم أيد المسلمين يا رب العالمين اللهم انصرهم نصرا عزيزا نصر عزيزا مقتدرا يا رب العالمين اللهم كن معهم ولا تكن عليهم اللهم ارحم ضعيفهم اللهم اجبر كسرهم اللهم داوي جرحاهم واشفي مرضاهم اللهم حاميهم يا رب العالمين فإنهم أخرجوا من ديارهم بأنهم قالوا ربنا الله اللهم كن معهم يا رب العالمين اللهم ارزقنا الإخلاص في القول والعمل وصدق في النية اللهم تب علينا جميعا يا رحم الرحمين وزقنا مرافقة حبيبنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم في على جنة الخلد اللهم من كان منا مرضى فاشفهم شفانا يا رب العالمين اللهم من كان منا ميتا فارزقهم الجنة الفردوس لا بغير حساب وصلى الله عليه وسلم محمد وعلى صحبه أجمعين وأخيم الصلاة نعم نعم بسم الله الحمد لله وصلى الله على رسول الله ولا يصح في جميع اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وتب علينا وجميع المسلمين وارزقنا الإخلاص في القول والعمل وأوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين